0: no
1: ah much better now get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith welcome, welcome to, to the, the barbarian, barbarian
0: Prophets.
2: that's right my barbarian nation it's good to have you all rolling back into this place i have got some very special guests for with me today out of the state of wyoming and uh one of my friends that you guys have heard me speak about many times is scott smith so scott i'm going to start over there with you can you give us a little bit of rundown of who you are and where you're from and what you're doing here sitting in wild goose manor
3: well i am representative scott smith from what you're like county representative yep all the way from representing goshen county at the state capitol for 37 days this last year. <laughs> Dude, you're like crazy. rocking it. I yeah. love it. Okay. All right. And I uh, I met you on the prison yard yeah. at uh, the Wyoming Medium Institutional or Correctional Institute.
2: That is correct. And, you know, uh, I, I like to hang out in prison. I mean, that's like my jam, you know, right? <laughs> it's all good. I was always, you know, people always ask me, how'd you meet Scott? I said, well, he was trying to shank me out on the yard, man.
3: <laughs> well, I... Walk, I speak softly and carry two big sticks.
2: That's right, you yeah. do. But, uh, excellent. How about you, sir?
1: My name is Bob Ide. I represent Senate District 29 here in Casper, Wyoming, kind of West Casper, takes in uh, Casper Mountain, foot of Casper Mountain, goes all the way out to Goose Egg. And, um, I'm a freshman senator down there trying to work my way through the swamp and figure out how to bring freedom and liberty back to our state or at least retain it
2: right on i love it how about you big chief
0: yeah well my name is mike e thorn and and uh, i'm not representing anybody except for myself i guess my family <laughs> right my on family name last v e. thorn but uh, other than that i'm i'm here to represent goldback and, goldback uh, yep I love it. Goldback, I'm an authorized partner for them, and and we're trying to get an alternative form of currency uh, launched in Wyoming, and uh, Scott invited me to show up and and, uh, tell you all about it or to the extent that you want to.
2: I appreciate it. Well, right. you know, we'll start tackling a few of these things. Sure. One of the things that's been going on on The Prophet lately is we've been talking about things going on in society and how things are collapsing around us or changing. I don't know that there's so much collapsing. I would put them probably more at a change. We're going through the epic giant reset of everything. And one thing I do not like is for Christians to get all uptight and go, man, the world's coming to an end. You know, Jesus is coming back tomorrow but but first the devil is going to have at us so on and so forth when the reality is we just need to be aware of what is going on around us okay so one of the things i appreciate you guys coming in to talk to us about is uh one thing we started talking about was bitcoin and a few of those other things and electronics and actually the easiness that people have of pilfering your credit cards and stuff to that effect in today's society i mean because you know, we're, we're working with uh, uh, some young people that uh, their understanding of the cell phone is so far beyond mine. I'm like, just glad I did make a phone call on it, right? So, Scott, where do you stand with all the – and, and I'm going to ask the question because you two gentlemen, Senator, House Representative over here, you guys have been working on some legislative stuff with changing – the, our, our money. I mean, do do you guys foresee? I'll start with you, Scott. Do you foresee the current American dollar changing?
3: Absolutely. I mean, you just look throughout history. First, we were on a gold standard, right? And then we're not. And then you look at inflation and. You could buy so much for a quarter back in the day. You know, you get a burger from McDonald's, and now that same meal is 15, 20 bucks now to eat at a fast food restaurant. And so, metals have been a form of currency for millennia, you know. And so, I look at precious metals as a great investment. And that's why, like Senator Bob, I brought legislation this last session. To um, require the treasurer to um, hold precious metals as an investment and uh, it was just very fascinating to hear the debate on the house floor that those that support precious metals are pretty much deemed conspiracy theorists
2: what yeah you guys got a conspiracy about what so bob what the heck dude you'd like out there causing problems in the state of wyoming or what <laughs> oh,
1: that's a good way to put it.
2: <laughs> so, so what, what is, you, what, tell us about the point of this. Cause you know, one thing I want to tell you is that we get downloaded about a thousand times a week right now. And there's a large chunk of them that are from the state of Wyoming that download this program. So these guys are curious. One thing that Scott does and that is Scott puts out a thing while he was down there every week every week that he was down there he would say hey this is what we did this week so on and so forth i'd like to see that from you i'm asking as a constituent that does vote and have voted for you ps uh that i would like to see that
1: oh absolutely i mean if you want me to go into a little bit of the background on let's do on it what this conversation let's was go uh, so back in 2018 uh, my wife, she's the state coordinator for Campaign for Liberty. It's a Ron Paul organization. Okay. And one of the major tenets of Campaign for Liberty is sound money. And so in 2018, she got a bill drafted, uh, crafted by partly the Sound Money Defense League out of Idaho. And the prime sponsor was... a. That we got to carry the bill, that my wife got to carry the bill, was a, a man by the name of Representative Roy Edwards out of Campbell County. Okay, and he carried the bill. It was during a budget session, um, and it was not likely that the bill would pass. And essentially, what the bill did was it it took away taxation of precious metals. You know, if you go in to you know turn your Federal Reserve notes into uh, gold or silver coins or bars, uh, the laws on the books were they taxed you a 5% sales tax for that. It's like taxing you if you turn in four quarters to get a dollar back. You don't tax money. No, you it's shouldn't be now, taxed. Now. money. So anyway, the bill, uh, Roy Edwards was a strong sound money uh, proponent in the House. And It was likely in a budget session that you need a two-thirds vote. I think it was by Providence that we got that bill through the House and through the Senate with more than a two-thirds majority. Nice. And and the rest of the bill essentially um, defines that precious metals, gold and silver coin, um, you know, U.S. minted silver eagles, gold eagles, gold buffaloes, um, and foreign. Sovereign coins as well. They're legal tender, like Canadian maple leaves okay. or uh, Australian kangaroos, whatever. Those were all defined as legal tender, and we have that on the books in Wyoming now. And it, and it essentially just reaffirms what our U.S. Constitution says anyway. Article 1, Section 10 says no state shall make gold or silver, um, uh, nothing but gold and silver as legal tender as in debts and payments. So how did we
2: end up with the note?
1: So I could carry on on this for a long time. Well, I'm it's, sure it's I a, would mind question.
2: anytime you would like to come back and just tackle some of these subjects. I know my listeners would like to, to hear that because yeah. it isn't about kicking up conspiracies and stuff. It's about, this is how we got where we're at for sure. How are we going to progress forward as people?
1: So to hit on that question, to keep it simple i'll kind of go through a progression okay and you know in 1792 shortly after the founding of our country we got the coinage act in 1792 and they defined what a dollar was and it was 321.25 grains of silver. That's the definition of a dollar.
2: I didn't know that. That's interesting. That's
1: the history of it. So we'll go from there, basically from our founding until 1913 when we got the Federal Reserve Bank. You know, early on, Jefferson and Hamilton fought against a a central bank, and then then, um, uh, Old Hickory, um, uh, what's Old Hickory's? Jackson. 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 There you go. Thank you. Um, He fought against the second central bank. Correct. And defeated that, so the next time around was 1913, and that's when we got the Federal Reserve Bank. Okay. And that's uh, that's sort of the start of the downfall of our sound money. And, and
2: even though it's called the Federal Reserve, it really did not have anything to do with the federal government whatsoever. That's that a great correct?
1: point. That's a great point. Okay, it, it
2: is a private industry, is that, that is correct? Correctly, okay, that I just want correct. to make sure... That I yep. am thinking correctly. Yeah, okay. you,
1: you know, it's basically the members are all the big commercial banks and the foreign bankers, the Rothschilds, the at of of the you know early banking system, right? Right. And they're all members: so Warburgs, whoever you can list a lot of them. Oh, Rockefeller's yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. J.P. Morgan, um, so on so, and so forth. So anyway, we went. That was that was kind of the 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 original nail in the coffin of sound money, in my opinion. And that's when we had to pass the income tax to pay interest on, it's a note now, it's not, you know, just a currency that, you know, it still was, you could, a a 20 ounce or a a one ounce gold coin, you could interchange with a bank for a $20 bill. Right. In 1913. I see. So if you wanted to take in your gold coin to the bank and get currency, you get a $20 bill. And if you wanted your gold back, you could, you could do that. Right. From there, we went, you know, we fought a world war and uh, we FDR, we had a depression. FDR in 1933, uh, essentially, a lot of people say he confiscated gold. He essentially nationalized gold. He revalued it. Uh, he told everybody they had to turn in their gold. Right. And there was a $10,000 fine in jail time if you didn't. You know, I've read that, you know, less than, you know, 30% even turned in their gold. 70% of the people just held on to it and they didn't really police it as far as trying to arrest anybody on that. But he got all of the gold. You couldn't hold gold. They made gold illegal to own in 1933 until 1975. So, and then a year later, when he made that executive order in 1933, it was executive order 6102. And you could... Um, And gold was priced at $20.67 an ounce. A year later, FDR revalued gold after he nationalized it, so to speak, to $35 an ounce, which basically gave him a lid. The Federal Reserve Act said that they basically had to keep 40% reserve of gold of those Federal Reserve notes, and he'd hit that mark. He'd hit that 40%. So he couldn't spend anymore to, you know, fund his social programs in the 30s. And so um, that's why he revalued at 35, basically, you know, 70% less the $20 gold was once he revalued it to 35, but it gave him a ceiling to print more money effectively because he had that 40% threshold.
2: So let me, let me throw something more modern at it. Sure. Same thing. Yep. A little more modern is, and, and please excuse my ignorance, but is this what constantly happening when they're raising a debt ceiling?
1: Essentially, that's right. But they can do it to infinity if they want to. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a fiat currency. It's backed by nothing but faith in the federal government. Right. So just to fast forward. Okay. So we went on Bretton Woods in 1944. That's when we became the world's reserve currency. Okay. And everybody pegged their currencies around the world to gold because to the U.S. dollar because it was backed by gold still at that particular time. And then... Fast forward from 1944, 1971, Nixon depegged pegged us from gold. He closed the gold window. That was the final nail in the coffin in 1971. They overspent during Vietnam War. They printed too much currency. And all the foreign countries like uh, De Gaulle from France was the first one that... Called in his gold, they were holding it all in Fort Knox, effect, effectively from World War II. You know, they wanted to get it out of Europe, and De Gaulle could see that we'd printed way too many dollars. If everybody called in their gold, there wasn't enough gold to give everybody. So, all these foreign nations, sovereign nations, were starting to call in their gold that we were holding over here, and so that's when Nixon got. You know, it was in I think in May of of of. Uh, 71, and he got on the TV. And like all temporary government programs, that like Reagan said, um, there's nothing lasts longer than a temporary government program. That would be an actual <laughs> fact,
2: we'd and, all go with and, that. And that's
1: what Nixon said on TV is these were temporarily withdrawing from gold. You know, backing the dollar with gold temporarily.
2: Right. We just don't know that how would, long that temporary that lasts, right? it
1: 52 years or 51 years now right. since then. So if you look at a chart of inflation from 71 until now, it looks like a hockey stick. Oh, yeah. That's when they just allowed them to um, print for welfare and warfare to as long well, as they want. Now, anyway, not, yeah.
2: to, not to jump too much into a conspiracy end, but that would make a lot of sense why once he's got that accomplished, they needed to get rid of him. Correct. Because he would have had a timeline. Yep. So they got rid of the timeline. Yeah. Too dang close to assassinate another one, so we'll just throw him under <laughs> a bus and run him over a few times, right? You know, no question. Okay. Hey, man, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking hey, from a perspective of a person, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I always, you know, you can you can kind of watch all this stuff where the war kind of, and you know, uh, not I'm not talking about Vietnam. I'm talking about the actual war for the the people of America. Really got shifted hardcore from 1960 right on through to the 70s, and and uh, who lost was the people of America. Absolutely. That's just Bert's opinion. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So. So that's how we got it, and we don't have... So you proposed a bill to have us have gold for our state. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
2: Okay, so then what happens with that? If we have gold for our state, can the federal government confiscate it?
1: Um, You know, back when FDR did it, they really didn't do it to governments. They did it to individuals. Right. And... So you know I guess there's always that that risk but what's different now than 1933 AK-47s? Isn't, well, nobody... Just checking. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, back then, everybody owned gold. Today, right. hardly anybody, anybody owned. Own. I mean, they're not going to go after gold because nobody owns any That's gold. That's right. Yeah. That's
2: right. Very few people have anything other than a few gold coins. Few. I mean, yeah. to, to think that, that people would have several thousand dollars worth of silver or gold. And, and you know, uh, rat holing, uh grandma rat and everything in uh, in the bed mattress, you know. For sure. ends up being just bunch of paper money it's nothing more than good fluff to lay on you know all right so i would
0: would agree with you on that except for the fact that in the last couple years i've sold more gold and silver precious metals than i ever ever have well don't tell everybody man i'm just kidding no i want to hear from you mike so okay
2: let's jump so now we've got to where we've got uh uh that needs to be a gold standards set here uh in the u.s uh or for wyoming but let's get down to just the private individual how would we accumulate gold because i mean we watch on fox news you know what i mean we watch uh stuff to that effect that says hey uh you can purchase gold and this is how uh but you've got a little different way of going at this can i picture those oh yeah cool so
0: Go ahead. Yeah. Let's talk all so, about it. Goldback. It's um the, the the thing about Goldback is that I didn't know anything about it until I met Bob Ide. And uh and uh, so that was kind of a segue into to my realization that there was um a way that you didn't have to carry around a twenty two hundred um one ounce gold um, round or a coin, however you want to say it, uh, in your pocket and, and, uh, you know, risk being, um, held up at gunpoint somewhere if they, you know, not that they would know that you have that in your pocket, but you just don't have small enough increments to make it, to make a purchase or to even have a reason to carry that kind of money around in your pocket in one, in one, uh, in one round. So anyway, I guess, uh, that gave it was the perfect storm in a way because goldback was launched um back in 2017 2019. 20, 2019 yeah and um you know they came they came up through um utah and then they went over into nevada so nevada has their goldback utah obviously was the first and then uh new hampshire was the third and wyoming was actually number four and um And so when I learned about Goldback, I was like, boy, that, that is, that's really neat. I just didn't really, it's really kind of hard to put your head around it because, um, it's such a unique, um, display of how you can fractionalize and, and break it into smaller pieces so you can actually use it, um, to, to make purchases uh, on everyday acquisition. So that's that's what ge- was very intriguing to me and um so let me ask a quick question so sure. i
2: come strolling into Minimart or uh loaf and jug tomorrow and i say dude i need a candy bar how does this work how does that work yep
0: well first, can they accept it they can um will they most of them would go i don't know what that they, is they <laughs> they're going to look at yeah, you're, they're going to look at you like um, you're looking at me right now
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I say, hey,
0: you know, uh, what is that? And then you have to explain it to them, but it's a teachable moment. And you can talk to them about gold and fractionalized gold and gold back and how they have a value, but it's in small enough increments that you can carry it around with you in a wallet. And um, you can talk to them about spending that or and, and using that to, to make your purchases. I mean, it is... The best thing about it is that it's, it's tangible. It's fungible, meaning Mm -hmm. that you can, um, you can buy anything with it as long as the merchant is willing to accept it for that purchase. So we've got other merchants in downtown Casper and all around Wyoming and, um, you know, they're 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 learning and they're growing and um there's more opportunities now than there ever have been to utilize gold back for your purchases if you want to do that. And really what you're doing when you do that on both sides of the transaction you're fighting inflation at the same time. I would so agree with that. It's a hedge against inflation, always has been, probably always will be. And the only reason that um the dollar is so powerful right now and it's it's shrinking in power but there's so much circulation throughout the world and circulation was the key when they removed themselves from the gold standard they were they were um basically um uh, how do i say this they were um they basically you know hedged all their bets against the fact that their circulation would carry them and carry the day, and keep them in that position. They didn't know that Russia and some in China w- were going to band together, and they're going to have this um, bank over on the eastern side of the world. They're going to band together and form their own bank yeah that's and called, the, called brick. the bricks yeah, yeah right the bricks and is that,
2: getting real and yeah. uh yeah. you know that that's being covered enough to where people are are starting to take a look at this and and i know i hear even within my own church i hear people being concerned about that and you know we don't uh i i don't really talk politics from the pulpit that that is in that spot but we we very openly speak in it in every other meeting <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh when it comes down to some of that stuff, when we when we see that, so l- let's talk how will this end up working out, or how do you guys, all three of you, perceive how this would work out once. It, 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 they're pushing very hard, because I have a couple bankers that attend my church, and they're pushing very hard for us to go to a digital currency, which becomes a very dangerous thing to me. Uh, because it becomes, uh, it, it, but you know, when you talk to young people, I mean, I'm looking at all of us here in this room and you talk to somebody like, um, I've got a couple that are in their early twenties that, uh, they haven't carried cash in most of their life. They, they, they card everything. And then I've got another brother that is, uh, he goes, Hey, with this little thing that before it got banned, you can get all their information off of their card. So I see like all these huge dangers there. So this is also a way of protecting you in that. Yes. Yes. So then my question to you guys is, do you think that our government here in the U.S. will eventually push very hard for us to all go digital? I think they already
0: are. I okay. think it's it's in every headline that you talk about. It's Without a doubt. What are we going to do next? The difference between – I'm going to probably sound like a conspiracy theorist now. Do but, it. I love it. Do okay. It. We, we can, maybe we don't put this
2: out tonight. Maybe we put it out on Wednesday and we'll call it Wacky Wednesday. Go, dude.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. But what I, I guess where I was going with that is that because Goldback is a private um, – based currency and not affiliated with the government in any way, shape or form. Right now the, the government with the legal tender act allows us to use it as long as we have consenting, um, consenting parties, if you will. That makes sense. But they don't, we, we've got a digital side actually to the gold back that very few people know about. You can actually deposit gold with gold back and they'll issue a digital form of gold back on a card that you can run through the swiper at any restaurant that you can imagine. It gives people that, um, it gives them another opportunity to spend it, but it's going to be more like a debit card It's coming right out of that account. So you deposit gold and or gold backs or silver into that account. And then you can take that magnetic strip the card just like a debit card right swipe it through and make that transaction on one of those now there's going to be a fee for that of course because they have to charge to get that done visa charging me three percent right now absolutely so no joke
2: right i mean that that that's quick reality if you're using a card that's what i'm seeing more and more with all this stuff is they've just found another way to pill for me out of something right you know they give it to you for your convenience and then charge you for your convenience and then they tell you they won't take their cash and then charge you to take what, they, what you can give them. Right. <coughs> that yeah. makes no sense at all, but it does happen. Yeah, then the vicious cycle continues. So, <laughs> anyway. Without a doubt. So, Scott, back to you for just like two seconds.
3: So the thing I like about Goldback is there's, it is easy and it makes sense to people because of the denominations. And if you go to goldback.com, they have a daily exchange rate. And so you can take the daily exchange rate times the numerical value on each bill. And so. Right.
2: Like, I'm going to throw, throw a monkey wrench in everything. Are we good with that? Certainly. So we get down to where there ain't no more greenbacks. Mm-hmm. and We get down to this. And I'm holding a dollar in my hand.
3: No, you're holding a gold back.
2: Okay. I'm holding a gold back in my hand. Okay. I'm good with that. But at what point does it become exactly what its face value is? Because we got to weigh it against something. Right now, this thing is worth $4.80 or something to that effect, right?
1: It's $4.10. $4. And, $4. And, it, and it
2: says yeah. a, it says it is a one gold back, and it is uh, uh, one one-thousandth one of a troy ounce of gold, okay? So we have always based what gold is valued at uh, based on the greenback, right? So what happens when we don't have greenbacks anymore how do we determine the uh value of this so
0: I'll, I'll hit question. on that
2: real quick okay.
1: if, if you if you would is that all right Mike? yeah go ahead so that's a that's a great question because you know in simple terms you know one one thousandth of an ounce of gold is worth two dollars Okay. It's trading right now an ounce of gold at $2,000, okay. you know, give or take. But use that for a round number. Fair enough. So you've got a fractional gold um, in the small – it's the world's smallest fractional gold I- anywhere in the right. universe. Yeah, yeah. I've never and, seen and anything like yeah, that before. Yeah, and, and to get it to that point, you know, you need – the technology the right. equipment yeah that's why you've got that premium it's about a hundred percent premium on the actual value of you know at spot price what that gold is worth in there right but to get anything to a fractional like a silver eagle i mean even those right now the u.s minted silver eagle has 50 to 70 percent premium on it right now just right. because of you know it takes a, a lot of effort to coin it, ship it out, get it out there. I mean, if you buy a thousand ounce silver bar, you can get a lot less premium on it because you got a lot more in one spot, but to get it into a spendable form. And so what Goldback has done also is a lot of people say, well, how do I get the gold out of there if I want to get the gold and get my money back? Um, you know, if if everything goes bad and I just want to melt this down and get my gold back, well, the, the company will... So if you turn back in 1,000 goldbacks to Goldback Inc., Mm -hmm. they will give you a one-ounce coin. So you don't have to melt down your goldbacks to get your gold out. Right, you just buy your gold. You just basically send it back to the company, and they'll give you a one-ounce coin because that's the value of the gold that's in there. So it just shows people that the gold is there, and that's the amount of gold that's in each one of those gold bags. And you give a thousand of them back and you can get a one full one ounce coin back.
2: Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I think that's a reasonable question though, right? right.
1: That's a yeah. very reasonable I mean, because,
2: question. Because I'm think I'm trying to think of uh, how my listeners are listening and they're like, you know, great. I got this piece of paper, but what happens when, you know, who am I going to trade this with and how, how's this going to work? I mean, uh, and I, And, you know, I I think you guys are looking at things a little bit ahead of uh, where right now it may uh, not look like much. But five years from now, it's going to be like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Right. Because it'll be kind of a standard thing around. Is that reasonable to say? And it is
3: much easier to convince actual business owners to accept this. Most people, especially in I'm in a small community. And so in the last two weeks, there has been about a dozen businesses that have signed on to goldback.com saying we will gladly accept goldback as a form of payment for our services or our products or so forth. And And then
2: what are they now? So uh, let's say your business, Scott, gets a hold of this. And, and then in you decide not to spend it, you can deposit it to them and they will reimburse you?
3: You can deposit it and sell it back or, or um, you could deposit it in. you can lease it back to Goldback. Um, right. And so they'll even give you interest on the Goldback and pay you in Goldback. And then if you need it available to you, you have that debit card option. But my personal opinion is, I like it in my hand. Yeah, um, I don't
2: blame you. Hey, okay, so I I want to reserve the right with you and you. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know that Bob is a very busy guy, but I'm talking I get run into Mike a little bit, and I know you come to my house once in a while. So what I would really like to do, I'd like to tackle more in a separate show. Uh, I would like to tackle more on the going to the card. Is that okay? Yeah. And I I would like to tackle some of that, and I would like to tackle a little bit more about signing on with some of that stuff. But what I want to do before I do that, I would like to do a little research myself, if you guys don't mind, because what I would like to do is I'd like to come at you with some really solid questions. And the other thing is to throw this out to my listeners to say, do you want to know how this works? Drop me a line. And then I I would like to reserve the right to ask you guys some more questions. Is that acceptable? Mm-hmm. cool All right and so you know with the other thing with this uh, this is very interesting because we're we're in a country right now that seems like it's all getting shook to pieces right uh, where uh, what up is down and down is up and so on and so forth right?
3: Good is considered evil, and evil is considered good. Yeah, there's
2: that moment happening for sure. Yeah. So then my my question becomes, uh, what would you see as as the best thing we can have as a defense in Wyoming for uh, securing ourselves uh, in this? I mean, with uh, uh, we're living in the Great United States, we're also the smallest populated state. We've got plenty of space. Uh, uh, but it's very windy and cold here, so I don't know if y'all want to move here, but think about that before you do. We turn on them big fans <laughs> is what happens. That's how we keep the wind going, right? See,
3: and that's why I've been talking to a lot of local businesses now yeah. before things happen. right. In preparation, getting people familiar with it. Because in my mind, I thought, oh, when something happens, I've stocked up on a lot of 90% constitutional silver, which is the pre 64 that has 90% silver. Right. And I know a dollar 40 face is approximately one ounce of silver. Right. But for the general public to know, okay, a dime is worth. This much silver and a quarter is worth this much silver and a half dollar is worth this much silver. The, the math on these is much much easier because it's like what's the exchange rate and times it by the denomination of the bill and it's an easy concept for people to get. And when they get it, they get it and they're like all gun ho. Okay, and so well,
2: how do so what do they sign on to? Mike, what do they sign on to,
0: to so they, they can understand the value of the gold back? What you you mean when a merchant signs up? Yeah. Yeah, when a merchant signs up, what they are agreeing to is basically if somebody offers them an opportunity, and I'm calling it an opportunity because they still have options. They can use Federal Reserve notes or they can use something like gold back or they can even use in a, a gold coin or a silver coin. Right. They have options. This is just another option. Okay. And, um, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're accepting that opportunity from that, um, buyer to accept that as an exchange for medium or a medium for exchange, uh, to, to purchase product goods and services that that merchants, um, selling. Okay. So, and that allows them to have another option and like the inflation part is, is huge right now, but. What we have seen in the first um, few months since Wyoming launched was that a lot of people were taking them, and when they look at gold and silver, they're saying, well, i got to put it in my safe. Well, don't don't put it in your safe. Spend the darn thing. And that's just like spending. they
2: did with the $2 bill, yeah. just to throw something out there yeah. and say everybody started hoarding those, and there's actually enough of them to go all the way around, but it is funny when you walk into a place and you pay something with it, and they're like, that don't look real, right? Right. right. But we do need to keep things in circulation, and you're you're right. If if we're going to get these, these these aren't an investment to stash and hide and and tuck away. What these are is for us to uh, put into motion. uh, Actually, to protect the economy of the state of Wyoming, is that would that be fair enough to say? Absolutely. Yeah,
1: you know, and if and I encourage everybody to go to go to Goldback.com. Their website is is phenomenal. Okay. And like you were mentioning, questions that you have—they right. have like a question answer page. Um, you can read about gold back leases if you want to sponsor another state. Right. Um, you know, you can basically pledge your gold and earn interest on it, so you can earn a yield on your gold if you want to. Right. Um, and and back to the merchants, just real quick. You can, I mean, their website lists every state and all of the merchants that accept goldbacks. So you can drive into any town if you're traveling and your tire goes out or your diesel engine goes out and you pull into Casper, Wyoming, Patriot Diesel accepts goldbacks. Right. And, you know, so it's something, it's an education thing. Like Mike was saying, you want to spend them and, and start getting people used to using them and, uh, and then it will catch on even more, and then we won't be beholden to the government monopoly money of the Federal Reserve note that they're debasing uh, just it, so largely right now. We'll be in hyperinflation at this pace in not too long.
2: Right. And you know, you, uh, you constantly hear uh, countries like Tanzania, um, you hear uh, Abu Dhabi and a few of these other places where they start saying, hey, you need to get rid of your $100 bills and you know i've traveled around the world a little bit and uh you know a hundred dollar u.s hundred dollar u.s fifty dollar bill those two were accepted anywhere i went didn't matter where i went if i was in you know holland or if i was in on the continent of africa you could trade those off anywhere uh you got quite a stack of change <laughs> it was about two feet thick when you'd hand them out in some of those countries but on the other end of things is that uh When they start uh devaluing uh the the u s dollar let me ask you this: what happens with our system if everybody stops using that
1: yeah that 's that 's a scary scary day when i mean that 's when the collapse of our dollar goes, and you know the as history repeats itself, I think the average currency that 's unbacked by anything, you know, precious metals or a commodity, the lifespan is right around 50 years. And so we're on fumes right now. Right, They all go to their intrinsic value, which is zero. They're just paper, wool, confetti uh, at some point when the governments um, are that rogue and dishonest. This is honest money. Gold and silver is. It's always been honest money. There's a good Ron Paul quote before... We finish up. That um, he said, because gold and silver are honest money, it is disliked by dishonest
2: men. All oh, right, that sounds reasonable.
1: Yeah, it does sound reasonable.
2: So let so let me ask you a couple of things. I mean, when when we let's shift from money for a minute, is that okay? Are we good with that? Sure. So I'm going to shift. I'm going to shift to a little bit about faith. Okay, sure. So. Uh, uh Bob, you and, and Scott, you guys are, are both it, serve in our Wyoming uh, government. And uh, so my my question is, how much do you feel like, you know, Bob, I'll start with you. How much do you feel that your faith weighs into decisions you make for our state?
1: Oh, I th- I think every decision. There's no question. I mean, all wisdom comes from the Bible. And if you're struggling and trying to find truth and uh where your soul where your heart is there's there's only one place to go and that's to the almighty lord and savior Mm -hmm. and you know the one of the best parts about being down there at the legislature is and scott essentially leads that group is a prayer session every morning um, before we go into session and that's probably the most profound time down there to me, because you're you're really reflecting on why you're here, and we're all trying to do God's work essentially, and right. and for the people. What's we're we're His, you know, He's our shepherd, and we're just trying to do what He wants us to do, and um, it's the ultimate. That's what else, where else do you go? I mean, you can get, you can talk to your friends and your colleagues that are, that are a little more seasoned than you are. A lot of times you still have questions and right. you just have to pray about it and reach for scripture and figure out where you need to go and where you need to be in a particular day or a particular bill or
2: a particular vote. Yeah, because we, I know we got, we have very tough things that come before our state. And there are decisions that you guys make that uh, decide sometimes life or death. Mm -hmm. And there are other times that you guys are making decisions down there that, um, you know, they can make or break the average man. And, you know, especially with with taxes and with uh, stuff like that. Uh, Even uh, the sheer fact for the roughneck out there, working you know he makes pretty good money but at the end of the day he's still living paycheck to paycheck and uh, yeah i appreciate what you guys do how about you scott i i i know you well enough but i my listeners need to know
3: see and i can't even fathom being in this position without a relationship with christ because i don't know my walk with the lord is the standard by measuring all things that's his word it's knowing truth it's knowing right and wrong and sadly i my heart grieves for so many people who who don't have that relationship with christ who have a moral compass to judge any of the legislation that comes before us and so they're just kind of like the chaff in the wind just blowing and whatever sways them sways them but being firmly rooted in christ helps that Maintaining that moral compass and keeping your eyes on Christ really helps focus why you're there and doing what you're doing. And it was great having Bob and Kathy um, regulars in the prayer meeting, and it it refreshes us. It refreshes our soul because Christ is the living water, and it's like that wellspring because the government will— suck the life out of you you're there 37 days you go and in and they
2: start stabbing straws in of you and just sucking it out and, huh? and
3: it's like oh, oh <laughs> i here, wish
2: you all could see their faces here, right here, now. here's
3: our budget bill it's only 165 pages yeah. and oh and get by that the way by and, nine. and here's 200 uh, amendments that we're going to tack on to <laughs> it and oh good luck with that and but like you mentioned so many things actually affect life and death and uh, mutilation of children. And so there were times where we knew committees were still meeting on specific topics and people would come running into the room for prayer and saying, hey, they're about to vote on this pro-life legislation or this, um, any any important bill, it was great to have an honor to pray for it. And refocus. And what was interesting is the the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the house side was very, very evident of they they talked the numbers 36, 26, 36, 26, and there's almost a line straight down the middle where when we had to vote, 36 people would stand up, a few popcorn people here or there, and vice versa. And the 26 people that I really aligned myself with, I truly believe are people who have a genuine relationship with Christ and not just a religious obligation or religious experience. And so even though we lost or felt like we were defeated on bills, we didn't let that affect our attitude. We didn't let that affect, um, how we felt and we just had joy and so we'd still be laughing we'd lose a vote and having a great time but the side that just won the debate or bill or amendment or whatever they were angry because of course they were
2: darkness does not like to be exposed and
3: and it and it's hard to constantly recognize and notice and be reminded that this is not a battle against flesh and blood Right, And so it's a battle against the evil principalities in the dark and unseen world. And some people are more focused on the light, and some people are steered and guided by darkness, and they don't realize how dark of a life they're living in. And um, it gave us more reason to pray in the morning. And um, because some of the people that I believe are in the darkness— are true leaders. They um, they whip up the votes, and if you're not voting in alignment with them, you get the look, you get the, you know, they walk around and tell people how to vote. But um, I keep praying for those individuals to become, the ha- have a Saul to Paul conversion. Right. Because so many people are like, oh, we just got to vote them out. Well, I'm more concerned about their soul and right. if they can encounter Christ and have that saving grace and true understanding of what he what great things that he has for them and if they can have that Saul experience and have that true encounter with Christ I felt like these individuals were the ones per- persecuting the Christians the most on the floor but yet how amazing would it be if they became our greatest ally
2: well, you know, that's that's part of the deal right there. Had uh God just went ahead and grabbed a hold of Saul and flung him off a cliff, that'd have been the end of the game and about three quarters of the New Testament wouldn't have got wrote and most of us wouldn't even know how to run a church. You know? That's kind of a quick reality so it is better to go ahead and take uh we're not there to we're not there to uh set them on fire with a match dude we're there to light them on fire with the holy spirit is what we're all about right so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask really a a deep question here scott uh if you had to call are you a denominational non-denominational guy what i'm a lutheran everybody knows that now and they understand what it took me to become a lutheran which was like holy hannah why would you do that to yourself and i'm always like i don't know god it was beating me up that week i guess here we are but i love i love my people
3: so the answer is yes Go, tell me what you believe, uh, so you wild man. I would classify myself as a Christ follower, which is more important than any religious denomination. Amen. I grew up. We're
2: kingdom in, minded.
3: We. I grew up in the Free Methodist Church and uh, fifth generation, and so when right I on. moved to an area where grandma was like, "Please tell me there's a Free Methodist Church," and you know, I lived overseas in Honduras and didn't have any kind of, just met with the community church and all that, but I attend an assembly as a God church now, but I don't necessarily always agree with all the theology, especially um, my conversations with the Reverend Dr. Bert Eldred and, uh, and all of his theological things. I kind of mess up, it's Yes, okay. you do. And, you know, going to your church services in the prison, it I would get frustrated because you'd be preaching, and I'm like, I've never heard a pastor preach that before. And I'd go home and go in Scripture, and I'm like, oh, it's there. He's right again. And
2: so – uh oh, I know you guys are all laughing. He used to follow me home from prison. I was scared one day he was going to kill me. But he would come. I'd let him stay at the house, and he'd sit in that living room and just argue day and night with me, and I'd just answer his questions. And you could just see his frustration, and he'd be looking at his Bible. He's like oh. – He's right. <laughs> yeah, that happens. You know, Jesus is like that silly book.
3: So so I do believe in, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit Amen. and had an encounter with Christ. And so just really leaning on him and following his word, um, there's things I agree with certain denominations, you know, like the Protestant side of things, like the things that my church specifically may not agree with that I believe in is infant baptism mm-hmm. and Christ being manifest in the Eucharist.
2: That's correct. So. Okay, how about you, Bob?
3: So I was raised
1: pretty unchristian. We were Episcopals. My folks were married in the Episcopal church. That makes me laugh, but keep going. We're listening. Um <laughs> You know, early on, we went to Sunday school and you right. know, church on Easter
2: and, and Christmas, and that was about the size oh, of Oh, you it. were CEOs. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just yeah. announced at my church at, at Easter when I opened up the service. I said, hey, today is part of the announcements. I just want to let you know we're going to try something new this year. The church will be open between now and Christmas. Come and join us. And the other thing I told him, I said, I know it all looks different from when the last time you were in here because the last time they were in there was Christmas, you know, decorations are now different. But go ahead, Bob.
1: So, to, to, uh, I was, you know, a, a cowboy. I probably lived a little rougher life than I should have. A lot of fun, a lot of beer, a lot of, a lot of fast horses and, and whiskey. And, uh, I met my wife who is a strong Catholic and she took me through RCIA at the Catholic church and we were married in a Catholic church. Um, I owe my life essentially to my bride Amen, for bringing me and introducing me to the Lord, truly introducing me to the Lord. So long story short, um, She's, she's, without her, I would be nobody.
2: Fair enough. Now, I want, I want to stretch one thing with you real quick. A discussion we had earlier, you guys still believe in the Latin mass. Yes, sir. Yeah. You stand firm on that yes sir i'll stand firm with you on that how about (laughs) that you know i i am part of a lutheran church but you know uh now you guys are part of a roman catholic church in a roman catholic church it's a denomination it's it's but we are we are catholics i am a catholic scott is a catholic matt is a catholic uh, yeah he is he doesn't know that he is but he is the apostles creed he, yes. because we are we are all part of the Holy Catholic Church, and that that becomes very important. The Church Universal, being part of Christ's Eternal Church, whether we be in Church uh, Militant, which is down here on the earth fighting the battles in which you boys are fighting or if whether we're in heaven where we are present with Christ and our king, and that's where we're at church triumphant. So, yeah, that is what the Holy Catholic Church is, and it, and it is a thing that we're a part of. And the reason I, I maintain that in our creed, when we say our creed, and they wanted me to change it to Christian, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are not Christians that uh, will say the creed, but they will not say Holy Catholic and apostolic church because they are not either are you with me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh anyway so let's bounce over to my shaking his head no but i'm convincing him he is uh mike
0: hey i grew up in a cowboy church um on the range and uh i grew up on a ranch actually i was born in pueblo colorado but don't hold that against me because i have transformed into wyoming values but uh Anyway, grew up on a ranch. Um, Dad taught me how to work, and we worked long and hard. And we, in the summertime, we didn't even uh, stop for dinner sometimes. We just came to, kind of worked on through that, and we'd eat and go to bed. And uh, anyway, that's not the answer you were lo- quite looking for, but what I'll tell you is that I, I consider myself an evangelical. and uh, Fair enough. And um, we were non-denominational, and... That's kind of the way I grew up. I did have family um, in the Catholic Church. I did have family in the Episcopalian Church, and we have some United Methodists in the group. And uh, other than that, we're just kind of... Uh, you don't have no um, Lutherans? We don't. That's that's one of the few that we didn't have in there, but... Uh, it's all right. Anyway. Jesus forgives you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, I, I grew up going to uh, church camp and, and uh, teaching Vacation Bible School to to uh, the younger kids and... and uh, kind of moved up through the ranks that way, but, uh, you know, um, I'm saved by grace through faith. And that's, Amen. that's, and that
2: and that's really what it all gets down to. You know, one of the things with all of this stuff is that I, I don't care what, uh, you know, I've, I've read the book of revelation pretty heavy a few times and it doesn't say, it says every tribe, every tongue and every nation, it doesn't say every church, every congregation and every denomination you follow it's about it is there's christians and non-christians in every building Okay, Just because you park yourself in a church doesn't make you uh, a Christian any more than me parking in my uh, garage makes me a Harley, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So uh, at the end of the day, that that's always kind of the key, but hey, I want to thank you guys uh, for joining me today, and I know we've got a lot more stuff to cover, and I'm going to try to tackle you guys every so often. Whenever you have time for me, I would sure appreciate that, but I know my listeners appreciate you, et cetera. So, final words, Scott.
3: Jesus loves you. I, I'm just jumping ahead. You're just jumping ahead. Yeah. I wanted to steal your line before you could, but because um, they haven't, I don't even think they've been listeners of your show. Oh, so, they, but they they're will going now. To now. It will uh, be tonight. Yeah. Um, my final remarks is: I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> so buy buy Bang. some gold backs. So. Run, run, people,
2: run! <laughs> Bob, please don't give me that answer.
3: <laughs> what do you, what do you, what
2: you I'll, got for wrap up, Bob?
1: I'll come close for a wrap up here. <laughs> I kind of end a lot of uh, my my limited public speaking appearances with this, and it kind of mixes a little bit of God with liberty. And uh, it was from one of our founding fathers, Daniel Webster, said that. God grants liberty only to those who love it and are always willing to guard and defend it. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Mike, final words, wrap it up.
0: I've always liked uh, Ronald Reagan's um, quote, trust but verify. I think if we, uh, we can trust, but it's also important to verify. And that's that's one thing that you can always trust in um the Lord and you can always trust in sound money. And that's why I do what I do. And um I'm 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 happy to be on this show and I and I appreciate the time today. Alright, right on.
2: You know, and I, I'll finish up with since we're all just throwing random quotes around. <laughs> <laughs> just random stuff. I mean it ain't like these guys have ever maybe held on to those a little bit, right? But C.S. Lewis uh, once said, you know, the truth does not depend on your believing it. It is just simply true. So, uh, you know, that is one thing. So as we dial out today, guys, I'm going to be killing your microphones here. And... uh, I would tell you listeners that uh, you just got to remember that Jesus loves you and I love you and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. For questions or comments, please email us at info at barbarianprophet.com. The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness in the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important. But let's wait until the next show for that. That one more thing that we always want to remind you is that if you are feeling desperate for anything, you need to speak to somebody, you need to find you a good, healthy church, don't be afraid to reach out to the barbarian prophet. And I truly do mean it when I say I love you and Jesus loves you and there's nothing you can do to stop us because it's not based in what you do or who you are. It's based in a decision that we are making. God bless you all.